You got shorts? Yeah. The, oh, it's going to be in the shorts. 50s next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to Mind Your Own Small Business, the show that is better than a coffee rate, cheaper than therapy. Cheaper Ooh, than we're a, coffee. a show now. Show? Not just podcast? a podcast. Yeah, no, a podcast show? Well, As if to say, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Well, for us, it's been a bit since we've done one of these, but for everyone else, it's only been one week, but... Yeah, it's been a hot minute for us in real life. IRL, uh-huh. as the kids say. But yeah. <laughs> as them kids say. Yeah, the millennials. Them kids. And then I missed lunch. Girl. I am a millennial. Wait, are you Gen X's? Yeah. I don't I think. I, <laughs> so you're younger than... Yes, I am younger than him. How much? A bit, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I so either he thinks that. you're younger or he thinks I'm older. He definitely thinks I'm younger. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I've, I I thought that you guys were about the same age. Arguably, we kind of are. It's just one of those weird, like he, you know, birthday slash grades. Are you are you before eighty five? Okay, I think we talked about how the Nigerians are listening. And yes, how we and that's why I didn't say what's your birthday. I'm asking if you're born before eighty five. Well, you should probably stop asking those questions because. I and can't then, answer yes or no to that question. How can you not answer yes or no? Uh, 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 okay, I get it. So you, depending on the chart, can be considered both a Gen X or a millennial. Oh, it depends on who I want to try and like connect with. Yep, yep. I don't want to be associated with millennials. Yeah, so that's, that's good. Um, so today we were thinking about talking about what your microphone is like way off in Timbuktu. <laughs> that's nice. That's going to sound great for the audience. So by the way, audience, it's always fun when Brian Thackeray, who's that one over there, says, uh, this is what we were thinking because usually I show up here and I have no idea what this is going to be about. I will mention it in the office sometimes, and you'll just be in your own little world. Yeah, you also complain about, like, the Ukraine war in the office, and I don't think that... I'm not remembering that. Hashtag for Ukraine. Um, Hashtag four-year degree. So, you just reminded me, my name's Brian Thackeray. This is... I'm Pepperoni. and And I'm Thomas Scott. I do not have an associated pizza topping. Your loss. And uh, like I said earlier, what I what I wanted to talk about today was what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Because um, I was reviewing some of our old episodes, and I remember uh, Pepperoni over here at one point said, mm-hmm. "Anyone can be an entrepreneur," and I disagreed with that. And I thought that would be a a fun like topic to talk about, like. What does it take to make that jump from being someone who works behind a desk and then being an entrepreneur or not even starting in a normal job? I think just let's just take what you because now I everyone so you said everyone can be an entrepreneur and you disagree with that. I would say I guess anyone could be an entrepreneur, but not everyone that, that's should what you're gonna say. be. That is, a, that, that is what I'm going to say for the win. But I actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, to prove my point, but also I think that there is some validity to that, uh, at least for me, um, pause. I just, I, I started a thing on my phone and I got to finish it or else I lose rankings, <laughs> but now I got to wait for him to pick. So it's cool. Um, 
I think a lot of people could be entrepreneurs, and I think people should experience that. The because I think it, it gives better understanding into what goes into pricing a product and then the, the sacrifices that it comes to. But should everyone be one? No, because not everybody can, right? Entrepreneurs need people to work in their business. They can't have other entrepreneurs work for them. Mm-hmm. So Unless you hire them as 1099s, <laughs> and then they're technically entrepreneurs because they're running their own business. Please, government, don't be listening to this con- podcast. I almost said call, like a phone call. <laughs> call. Show. Same Remember, difference. we're a show now. Yeah, don't yeah. listen to the show. Oh, show. Um, so what does it take to be an entrepreneur? So I've, I'll, one thing we were just talking about, um, the joke that I always like to make is entrepreneurship is giving up the nine to five so that you can work the 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not no, wrong. Well, how many times did you go like, I mean, this, in the last week you guys were here late one night. I mean, uh-huh. late, not like 1am late, but it no, that, that was, that was a month ago for me. Oh, no, no. Was it two months ago? I, I sent you like the, the money at like three in the morning or something like that. I, I just know because the cameras inside the warehouse have motion sensors after like a certain time. And so like if the lights are still on, it'll just give me like notifications every like yeah. 15 minutes of, hey, there was movement. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Thackeray is working. Yeah. So that that is very true. And I, I was thinking about this the other night. And I think like entrepreneurship, I think an entrepreneur it's a Venn diagram, so it's not all or nothing, but I think they fall into three main buckets. So there's an idea man, uh, so someone who has a, a grand idea of selling shoes from Brazil or whatever. Um, there's a creative or a maker, which I kind of fall into, and then the third one is a, is a salesman. Um, and I think an entrepreneur, mm. someone who makes the leap, will be focused in one of those. They can be in several different of those buckets or all three, but they'll usually start with one of those three things. They have something that they want to sell, they have something they want to make, or they have an idea that they want to bring to fruition. That's actually a lot deeper than I was expecting it to go. Because, yeah, you... Huh. So, yeah, this because I've known plenty of people who are ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, I, I have this really great idea. And then that's where it stops. And you have to blend into something else or you have to assemble a team. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right? And if you don't have one of those three buckets, you need to find someone to fill. Who's Jeremy yeah. Renner in, in, uh, in the Marvel series? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I was, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a Marvel fan. Um, He's never seen one movie. Nope, nope. I've Take seen... that back. He's seen Thor. Ragnarok. It, it's okay because I'm a Gen Xer now, because I'll be more associated with with that. Because yeah, those but, people don't watch Marvel. Films. But if Hawkeye, if Hawkeye was the only one that had to fight, he only has. I mean, he's only like an idea man. He doesn't really do much anything else. But <laughs> but if you have this kind, you know, but they, they, series, they assemble a team. They got taken over by someone else yeah sure. if it got taken over by someone else because they were the maker and he was just the idea man mm-hmm. but it you know you either assemble a team um to do that uh or you ha- you have to be you know wear all of the hats yourself and 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 i agree because you can have a great idea but if you're not going to build anything then you're, you're just like anyone else who just has an idea mm. if you're going to have an idea and build something but don't know how to bring it to market 
arguably, I think that's the worst position to be yeah, in because agree. you just spent all the money and then you don't know what to do with it to get it in people's hands that will make their lives better. I mean, that's one of the benefits of being in this day and age because you have things like Kickstarter and uh, GoFundMe Ooh. and things like that. So you can get the the funds in order to start that. And also you have things like uh, Gromit, Etsy, Amazon, eBay, all of these different markets where now you could do that. I could not imagine trying to be an entrepreneur like without the internet pre-internet. Yeah. Like you'd have to like make something and then go to the farmer's market. Well, yeah, I think you're, you know, in that, that triangle of skills that you just mentioned, you would probably be more of a salesperson in the pre-internet stage and you'd probably be a salesperson that had an idea or because to be just an idea man before the internet you'd, it'd be too much time and, and resources ab- to, absolutely to it'd be way started. too much resources you're talking i mean just even from a but to would, overcome just even the the mm-hmm. local burden of like selling locally to get to a national level that was a massive barrier to overcome. Well, isn't that essentially what the movie Founder about McDonald's oh, is about? Yeah. You have the idea men, and then you have the salesmen who get together. And, they and then make... you have the Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. <laughs> Weaves it all to- together okay. because mm-hmm. he's Batman. Wow. Yeah. He's coming back as Batman. He is. That's crazy. Have you seen that trailer? It's pretty sweet. Oh, oh we just time we just time stamped this episode. Well, that that came out a while ago. <laughs> we just we talked about Marvel. Yeah, when they listen to this <laughs> in ten years, in ten years, no one then, then it'll Marvel's still movies. no, it'll still be Marvel. Disney's going to hold on to that till its absolute last dying moment. They'll be like, "Well, we've killed Star Wars, but what can we do with Marvel? <laughs> can we?" Can we squeeze it a little bit more and try to get some water out of a stone? Face out of an infinity stone? Yes. Oh. That apparently aren't infinity. They can be destroyed. Woof. Spoiler alert. Themselves. But um, no, but yeah. (laughs) State this podcast. We know how it ends. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched the highest grossing movie ever made. Um, But like, my question is. Here's the thing. I have a buddy. The suspense is killing me. Who he once told me, he's like, I don't understand how you can just do things. He's like, I, I really envy that about you. Was he European? No. Okay. <laughs> no, like, because like with, with starting this business on Etsy and like going out and doing all of this and just starting it, he's like, the fact that you have the the for lack of a better term, courage to just do it. Gumption. Gumption. Stupidity. Yes. <laughs> Gullibility. Uh, Naiveness. Stubbornness, whatever oh, yeah. you want to say. I think I think we're saying a lot of them to be joking, but I think a lot of that is true. I think well, all of us. a bunch of entrepreneurs in a room oh. and they start disagreeing about something, that's really fun to watch. We should probably do that more. I think that could be some great TV. But, uh, um, like, that, that ability to just do. So, okay, going back, what was it that, that got you to finally start your own business, Thomas? Because oh. you said you had the idea, but uh-huh. what, what got you essentially off the couch to start it? Okay, gosh, that is a, a difficult 
answered a question. Difficult question. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what? Answer Did you having a stroke? That oh, was genius. This is a difficult question to answer because I don't think you will like the answer. We're not doing this podcast for Brian. We're doing it for the viewers. Yes. It's all for you, Nicaragua. Who cares what he thinks? Say it. So Say it. I just did stuff because that's just what I did. Like, I, I had the level of confidence, and I'm going to say had, and I'll explain that in a minute. But I had a level of confidence that said, you know what? I can touch this and turn it into gold. I can do it. Mm-hmm. And things will work out okay. Like it will just it will work out. Um, when I started, I was uh, I was newly married, and with no, we didn't have any children, and I had a career that was paying enough to put money on the table. And my my wife had a career where she was uh, making money to put food on the table, and so we weren't going to starve to death. And so I was like, well, if I have this money. I can spend it on going and getting a new toy or a nicer car, or I could spend it on this idea. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think a part of that was calculated luck. Um, I do think that part of that was I, I, I found a very, a very good niche market to dive into that was emerging. Um, and uh, and it was very slow going. I did not in- expect that I was going to live off of this in a year or even mm-hmm. five years, right? It took me a long time to get from a side hustle and turn that side hustle pro, um, which is one of the courses that I teach when I do entrepreneurial coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did. I just did. I, you just I, did it? I, you just do. Why? I mean, it's kind of like, why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that goes back to the 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 stubbornness whatever we wanted to use that is that you just you thought you could make it work so you did it. And you have a little slightly different story closer to mine where mm. you you started in the entrepreneur space, you got out and then you went back, back. into it. I did. Um so what what started you and then what brought you back into the entrepreneurs uh thing? Uh Thomas, but <laughs> Yeah. No, so I started doing it, um, uh, kind of being a, a right-hand person to to a, a starting entrepreneur and kind of learning that space and then got out. Um, it's technically still maybe an entrepreneur because I was like a 1099 at that point, but I was, mm-hmm. I was ultimately working for somebody or working for – and so the thing that pulled me out was the allure of making money. Um, like more money, allure of making of the allure of potentially making more money than I was currently making. Um, Potential. I think that's. I'm just going to draw out. Yeah. A, pause his story. I think a lot of it comes down to as entrepreneurs, we see potential that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. Yep. I see a piece of land that no one can build a house on, and I say that would make an excellent campground. And mm-hmm. so I developed it into a campground. That's actually something that Lance taught me. Lance Wickham, he's a, he's a colleague of ours, um, that he says, you're not trying to sell. What you're trying to sell is the perspective that you have that other, someone else doesn't. And if you can sell that perspective and say, hey, yeah, it looks like this, but it could be this. The potential is this. Now all of a sudden, like that's how entrepreneurship exists, is you take mm-hmm. something that 
no one else really has that perspective and you say, you know what, I, I have the potential to make more money. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, um, uh, yeah, another entrepreneur approached me and said, hey, this is a business that I want to try to run. Do you want to come on board? There's the potential to earn quite a bit of money. I, there was the potential to earn what I was currently making in a year in a summer. And it may sound like it's summer sales, and it <laughs> wasn't per se, but it kind of ended up being uh-huh. that. And then what pulled me back uh, was necessity. Uh, I had to, we had just had our second kid. My wife was on maternity leave, and I was unemployed. Uh, looking for jobs in career aspects. Um, I was looking in Utah. I was looking in Montana and Washington. I was looking all over the West uh, for something. And Well, it's cool that you ended up in Montana. So Yeah, right? How coincidental is that? <laughs> um, so coincidental. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just, I needed money, and Thomas had uh, a spot open for some uh, sweat labor. Uh, he didn't have enough kids at the time. Uh, so I filled in one of those voids and then I was eventually moved out of those positions by his children. Um, because then he had enough, uh, mm-hmm. no. Switch um, and all that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Um, so, uh, that's what pulled me back was the necessity. And, but then from there, uh, I guess I kind of, I've, because I wouldn't consider myself any of those three things that you mentioned before, an idea man, uh, a salesperson, and a creative person. Yeah, maker, creative slash maker. I think I've evolved into an idea guy uh, a little bit, being able to see like how to kind of nurture but that. I also kind of see you as a sales guy because when you got pulled on by Thomas, you sold out of all of his stuff. That's you're, true. You're not I, a door-to-door sales. No, yeah, I guess, and that's, I guess the, that's what I envision as a salesperson, but that's that Gen X kicking in. You're thinking of the old sales. No, the new generation sales is is all the digital. TikTokers, not the door knockers. You know what? That I'm I'm okay. Come on, I'm, that was good. It was. It was. Oh. that needs to be clipped and made into something. Okay. Uh, no, but because yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I I do. I have I have an ability to sell things on digital mediums. I yeah. guess I've never considered myself a sales guy. Uh, but as you guys are saying it, it does kind of resonate with me mm-hmm. because I think I do. I have that old mentality of like what old salespeople are and because I don't think I could sell cars. I definitely couldn't sell the thing I had in that summer gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not at all. Um, I couldn't sell security systems. Did that. I sold four or five all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Four or five all summer, and uh, three, my lord. Uh, yeah, eventually my manager's like, "Hey, I'm gonna pay for a ticket for you to just go home." Oh, oh no. wow! He's like, "I have to pay for a room for you to stay in, and it's costing more for me to keep you out here than you're making me." So, where were you? Uh, Texas. Yes. So they they sent me home. So yeah, mine um, was life insurance. I was selling life insurance door to door. Oof. Yeah, it was the I, the. The allure of it was was very very promising, and I it got me to buy life insurance. So maybe that was the the goal of it. Mm. Um, but I I couldn't sell that. But I am I'm fairly decent at selling stuff online. I'm now kind of realizing that I I do have that space, and I've kind of 
because I'm selling my own products and my own ideas, then I've kind of morphed into this idea person. And then I've partnered with you on a thing where I have this idea that I wanted to do. And I definitely, as you are finding out, don't have a creative bone in my body. Um, you can hit print. I can hit print, and I can I can command C the crap out of anything. Yes. I can plagiarize with the best of them. <laughs> with so. the entire country of China. If it doesn't have a... An R in a circle or a TM, it's mine. Because mm-hmm. like, and then like going back to, to mine, like what, what brought me to entrepreneurship? One is I I always thought I was going to end up at a desk job, like work a career, work my way up, live happily ever after, retire, and then just call it a day. Um, but I started working in a small business, really liked it, tried to go back over to like normal business, and I despised it. And ever since I did that, I, I've been trying to get back into the space. So I went for working for a small business again, and then they had to let me go. And so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop beating around the bush. I'm just going to dive in with both feet. And so out of necessity, you kind of yeah. just had, you had to at that point. Mm, well, I had to do that. I had to either, I had to pick a lane is what I'm. Yeah, I, I guess you had to make a choice. I, I either had to leave this area and move to a market that had a job that could support me and my family, or I had to use the knowledge and skills that I had gained over the years working for a small business and apply it to my own thing. And I think that at the root of this conversation, like what you just said, like you have to make a choice, that's what I think everyone should have to do. So I think what when you ask the question of like, should everyone, could everyone be an entrepreneur? And I was like, yes. I think the deep down secret of it all for me is that I think everyone should have to make that choice at some point in their life that they are either going to try the ideas that they have or they're going to go the other route because I'm I'm blessed with the ability that I don't have a lot of regret. I don't think of the should have, would have, could have very often. Uh, and it doesn't really hold me back. I kind of make a decision and I just go with it and accept the consequences, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And it it does bug me when people say, oh, I wish I would have done that or I wish I would have done that or this um, because I think you could have. You could have made the decision to at least try it. Mm-hmm. And if it failed, then it failed. And you learn from your mistakes. And, and then that's a big thing for me too is that uh, – I, I don't have a lot of regrets. And talking about that, it coulda, woulda, shoulda. Like, I love thinking about, like, if when I was in college, instead of buying a motorcycle, I would have invested that in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. And how much money that would have been. I like, yeah, I agree. Like, I like those shoulda, woulda, couldas. Those are that's fun. That's fun. But for the most part, like, I'm not upset of anything that I did. I'm happy with where I'm at, and and I'd like to see where it goes. Even the bad things, right? Yeah. Even the things that you've messed up on, you're like, I've well, learned from them. Exactly. So my question is, is that the same for you? Do you do you have that, do you have like regrets of what you do, or do you think about the what it could have, should have, or are you one of those that are more, you press forward and think of where you're going to end up? I'm incredibly should have, would have, could have. I am. Oh, I am so deep. That's something that that Anthony has uh, very, very different personalities here. I I was literally shoulda, woulda, coulding uh, at lunch today. I went out with a with a friend of mine, and we were chatting, 
Um, and I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. Most people that listen don't even listen to more than one, so I'll bring it up to speed. But there was <laughs> one situation. It was at the end of 2021. Um, mm-hmm. We had we had uh, we had made some good money from the summer. We said, you know what? Let's put it into and and there were basically two avenues I was looking at. One avenue was Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin to the moon! <laughs> Diamond hands. <laughs> Infinity stones. We The first one was go after something safe. It's like, well, this has worked forever, so we're just going to create this style, and we're going we're gonna to build this particular style of sandal. The other one was much riskier, and it was a sandal that I had been working on at that point four years. And I was like, nope, we're going to take the money, and we're going to go after what's safe. And that was a terrible – it ended up not working out well for us at all. Um, Hmm. It was, you know, uh, the sandals, they ended up coming in late in the season. We missed that seasonality. We had to hold them for another year. Um, And then the next year, they just didn't sell as well. And so then at the end of the season, we ended up doing a liquidation and just all of these things. Now, I could, you could argue that at the time, if I'd gone with the risky idea and it didn't work out, man, I should have gone with the safe one. Mm -hmm. But no, I I constantly reevaluate there are, there are very few things that I don't question. Um, things like uh, my family relationships, right? Yeah. I don't sit there and say, uh, I, I, don't, I don't look back and, and say, well, what if I had married this other person? Or what if I had had you know, not as many kids? Or, or what? That, that does, I don't have that regret. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to business, oh, yeah, I have, I have so many. Like, I'm pretty sure that I have regrets from last week that I was like, well, I shouldn't have done it that way. And I, I'm constantly at that point. My birthday month, um, when I was born well before 1985, <laughs> my birthday month um, is, uh, is one of the worst months for me because I'm, I'm very introspective and I look at all the things I feel like I didn't do. Um, I didn't do right. Anyway. Interesting. Interesting. I am not. And I'm not that way at all. Ne- neither am I. So, so with that, then, so is th- is that because you've you've changed as the person you were when you started being an entrepreneur? Absolutely. So, would you say that you weren't that way when you you started? Other question: While you're thinking about that, <laughs> would you, let's say, in an alternate timeline, you worked a desk job as the person you are now? Would you make the jump to become an entrepreneur? Uh, well, absolutely not. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, for the, so the first one. Oh, oh what was yeah. The first, what was the first question? First question is. Uh, <laughs> Why when, don't you answer the one you remember? <laughs> when you started your business, were you kind of the person that, that didn't worry, okay, kind that, of threw caution have, to the wind? So, no. In the immediate, I do throw caution to the wind. Uh-huh. Like, in the immediate moment, I will, you know, I, I just put together this trip. Um, I have a, a, a gig where I am the MC for an event over in north of Boise in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I had that happen. And so I closed the deal. I was so excited for it. I was like, gosh, this is great. I love it. And so immediately I said, what can I do around this trip? And I started uh-huh. like, well, I'm going to visit this thing and we're going to do that. And, and it's, it's now going to turn into this really, really cool, exciting adventure. Mm-hmm. I have, and that's wonderful. I'm super excited to do that. I'm, very, I'm still very spur of the moment. But I can look back 
on, on business things. Like a prime example of that is this. I'm listening to some podcast stuff. Um, shout out to Economics Explained. Doesn't, not a uh, sponsor by any means, but fantastic YouTube channel. I am just eating it up. But uh, talking about the time value of money. And, uh, and I look at what I could have done with money that many years ago and even just boring investment stuff and what it would look like today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I constantly look at it and go, man, you know, if I had just done this instead of that. Um, so, yeah, that's that. But um, uh, so I think that's just an inherent trait that I have. I mean, I, I still look at how much I regretted the, the decision that I made to go get walked all over at an event in 2008 mm-hmm. when I tried to pitch my shoes to a bunch of store owners. Anyway, last thing, I'm doing a lot of talking this time around because you keep asking the questions. Oh, it's because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very interested but, about well, it. Guys, no, uh, I love talking it. to him. I love talking. I love hearing my voice. So, <laughs> narcissist one. Um, uh, would you now become an entrepreneur? There it is. Um, I don't think I would have. There was a pivotal moment in my existence. It was in 2010. My main squeeze was at Allstate Insurance, and I was side hustling my. Um, my business. I had just graduated um, with my undergrad, mm-hmm. and I was determined that my my millions were to be made, or thousands, I guess, because you don't really make millions when you're working in, for somebody else in that capacity, was that I was going to go down and work at a digital marketing firm um, at Silicon Slopes in the Utah area, right? Still yes. keep myself in our Mountain West. Um, but big tech area, it was really growing 2010, really, really, you know, hotbed of, of innovation. And so I went down there and I was, I was searching and looking for things and, and, uh, I didn't end up getting anything down there. And, but I firmly believe, I firmly believe that if I had found something down there that was comfortable for me, Uh I would have taken the comfort drug. It would have put me into a state of some level of bliss so that I would have shaken off the bug to go out and pound the pavement as an entrepreneur because I would have been comfortable and I would have been fine uh-huh. and that would have been the end of Thomas Scott Entrepreneur. So this is actually really interesting to me <clears throat> because through digging, I think all of us have a moment where we wanted to work the normal nine to five and it didn't work for us. Sometimes I still have those moments. I'll be honest. Sometimes I, uh-huh. I still look at people and I'm just like, wait a minute, money just lands in your account every two weeks. Uh, yeah, but cool. Then- <laughs> like I, 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 that's neat. Like that's a neat concept. I, I haven't, I haven't had that now. It's kind of a lie. I do teach. Um, I do teach for brick and mortar university, um, uh, online e-commerce. And so mm. there's a small stipend that does land, and uh, and it's hard when you when you when you get that it's 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 nice because you know there's there's security, and one thing when you look at entrepreneurship there is not there's no arrival there's not security, even people who have owned their own company for a long time, still kind of looks at it at times and goes yeah but how many steps is it away? I firmly from, believe from failing from failing I think that even the most successful and I don't know about large corporations but. Even the most successful small businesses are three bad steps away from internal collapse. There's a, I was just talking with a different colleague of mine today, and there is a bridal company <clears throat> in this area mm-hmm. just filed for bankruptcy. Huge bridal company. 
And it's shaking the whole industry. It's shaking it's everything. Fantastic. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. And so it's, it's like like they they sell pictures or like dresses. No dresses and 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 uh, uh, those kinds of things. Uh huh. They overbought during <gasps> the COVID is, boom. Is it someone on Main Street? No. Okay. He's sending us a text. Oh, he's sending yeah. both of us a text? Well, he's I sending can. me a text, and then I'll show you on my phone. Okay. You I, I, just, I don't know if it's public knowledge. I don't know. Our listeners won't even know. It's a They're called Dave's Bridal. Really? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you don't have to send me a text now. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, crazy. We just, I just heard that from an insider that I know um, in that industry. Wow! And that, uh, that everyone's kind of, you know, it's kind of freaking out. So I, I think that companies small businesses are just a few decisions away now granted when you work for a company you're working for somebody else that if they make three poor decisions i mean you can look at the people who owned that bridal company there are people that work for that bridal company that no longer will have a job right because and but all mm-hmm. of that weight lands on the entrepreneur's shoulders it's true well so okay going back to like like normal jobs um the the internet service provider that i worked for um, they were getting ready for a merger. And so while I, when I got hired and while I was there, they got rid of half the metal management. And the reason why you do that is because it makes the books look better, uh, better for the merger. Oh, absolutely. And so we went from having like 12 managers down to six, which was great for them because they just saved almost a million dollars a year in, in salary. But for those, and when you're looking at a merger, you know you're going to be able to share management from the other location. You you already know that those jobs are going to get cut anyway because that's the point of a merger. Is uh-huh. You have your full structure on one side and your full structure with the other company. But when you put those two together, you can cut workforces down by twenty, thirty, even fifty percent. Uh huh. So wait, and and it it was it was it was actually like. It wasn't necessarily a merger as much as a restructuring because they they were changing the name of their kids or their business. Um, they actually have a a stadium that that changed its name because of it. If you can figure that one out, uh, the ISP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. But uh, it was it was really interesting because like all of these people who have been working there for like ten, fifteen years, everything was doing great. The center was hitting all of its goals, and they just Next half the management, which was miserable on us because now when you need to escalate or or work a problem, you have half as many people that can help you out, and it was a nightmare to work with. Um, and, that, and that's part of the reason why I was less excited to find another desk job because I didn't want to be in a situation where you do everything right and you still I'm still not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but that's, that's, that can still happen when you run your own business. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I it, it comes down to that whole idea of potential. And <clears throat> now I think us as humans, we are, Oops. we are creationary individuals. We, mm-hmm. by, by nature, we enjoy creation. And I made that joke about Europeans. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't want to over, over generalize. But when we go to trade shows, Americans tend to be a bit more maverick about a lot of things. And we tend to be a lot more like... Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll jump in. And, and you know, when you go to... That's an interesting tidbit. Uh, 
so to different places of the world. That's not the same culture. Um, but we're creationary people. We like building things. We like doing and improving and, 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 and doing you know, what we're... And we have a hard time when someone squashes that because of a merger or somebody. But it's really scary. I mean, the difference is... Um, I, I feel like it's like this. Mm-hmm. Which would you rather live in? Would you rather live in a, a, a ranch-style home in the middle of a city where all of your city amenities are right there. You, you turn the faucet and your water turns on and your, um, and you, you know, let's say that your home is 2,100 square feet. Okay? Uh-huh. Or would you rather live on 17 acres in the middle of a forested area where you have to do things like in drill Oklahoma. a well <laughs> and in Oklahoma and, and you have to, pull water and you have to make your own food and to try and go buy common goods. You've got to drive, you know, find a way to transport. Now the difference. I think Anthony, I have very different answers to that. Yes, I know you do. I wonder why I, I've done number two and it freaking sucked. So, but let me finish this thought and I'm Uh going to throw it at you guys because in the city, in it being in a, in a major, major metropolitan area, you have those amenities at your fingertips. You have comforts that you don't otherwise have. Yes. Mm-hmm. But comforts. that 2,100 square foot home awesome. on that 7,000 square foot piece of dirt. Awesome. Walled in by neighbors and HOAs and all of these things. Perfect. The potential that you have is so much smaller than if you had 20 acres that you would ab- you were able to use because the three the three big things labor land and capital and when you can you have those individually you can grow things that you otherwise couldn't grow because you have you know land labor and and capital when you put those together then you can create stuff bigger things so anyway so the reason why i would like the 17 acres out in the middle of nowhere and transporting because 17 or you said 20. seven or 20? Uh, I started with 17 and then it upgraded to 20. Okay, so I, it could be 17. I would take either one. Um, it's because I, I like having the space. I like having the space that I can, I can expand. I can build shops. I can, I can do stuff with that land. I can farm it. I could get livestock. I could do all of that. And the driving, growing up, that's, that's all we ever did. Like the, the nearest Walmart was 30, 45 minutes away. And so once a month... You take the back seats out of your van, you buy all of your food for the whole month, and then you drive and you store it, and then you use that up. And for me, I prefer that that space that I can create and develop and do what I want with. While if I'm in a city, I'm this is playing with other people's imagination and ideas, and I'd rather use my own. So that's, that's the reason why I like that. I grew up with number two. It wasn't, we didn't have to, I, I grew up in a, a small uh, town in North central Washington. Mm-hmm. And when I say small, I mean small, like what in the place where you were at, where your Walmart was 45 minutes away, what was your high school size? 400. Okay. Mine was, what was your class? Your graduating class? Uh, 
So it was 96 or something like that. Mine was six. My town was very small. And so I didn't have to like, you know, we didn't have, our water did come from a well, Mm -hmm. you know, and power had to pull it out of the ground and such. Yeah. But being at, going from there and then living in a city, I would, from my standards, where we live now is a city. It's not a town. It's a city Mm -hmm. Um, from how I grew up. So I like this area. That I live in now, I don't think I would go back to the the land aspect of it because I like the idea of my needs being met rather than I have to. Because I've been there where you have to build the shop, you got to drive an hour one way to get the lumber yeah. to build the shed. Mm-hmm. So you're two hours out from just the lumber, and then every time you forget or it's a different drill bit, or if it's a different screw, there's no Ace Hardware in your town. You got to drive another hour, uh-huh. and it makes it so frustrating. Now, no. the difference is how many acres is the is the uh, the orchard that you're that you grew up on? Eighty eight, an eighty eight acre orchard that provides sustenance that has so I mean that so yeah, it is a hard life to have that. I feel like that's what entrepreneurship is. Is sometimes you are on an island, a financial island. You are you are tilling the ground, mm-hmm. but the potential there can be super high. Versus, yeah, you could sell that twenty one hundred square foot house and move into something bigger, and that, but it'll look a lot of the same. Having, I, I don't know, it's riskier, but the reward can be greater. You can also starve to death on a cold winter's day because you're snowed in and, and there's no – yeah, you just – you can't make it. That's, That's entrepreneurship. It, well, and another thing that I was thinking about with entrepreneurship, um, if you have your regular nine-to-five, you're basically walking a, a groomed trail. And you, you more or less, if you can get in a good business, you know that you're going to get uh, one to I love six this percent analogy. raise – and you know what you're going to get. The other one, you're dropped off in the middle of a field, and you have to figure out which way to go. Oh, and I would say not even a field. So I, I love this a lot. I was I hiking. To- I totally disagree. You, okay. You think? Okay. Let me let me finish I my wanna, thought on I this. I want to hear his so thought, and then I want to hear why. I you was disagree. hiking in the Tetons, mm-hmm. and we were trying. I was I was with my buddy, and we were trying to get from her from where we're at at Hurricane Pass and Sunset Lake, and we wanted to get over to a ridge trail. And on the map, it was like, oh, you got to go this way and that way. And I said, well, shoot, no, I don't want to go that way. We can cut through this area. And from our visual standpoint, it looked totally doable. Yes. Until we came up to a cliff that we didn't know was even there. Mm. And all of a sudden, we came to that cliff and we were able to navigate certain aspects of it. But it it was riskier. The views were amazing, and there was no one else on the. T- we were seeing places that probably no other humans had seen, mm-hmm. um, and it was really cool. We found this like this spring that burst out of a rock, and the rock was like darkened, and it was just gorgeous. It was off the beaten trail, but I got we got eventually we had to work our way back to where people were because that was the trail that that most people had walked. So anyway, mm-hmm. I feel like entrepreneurship is trailblazing versus. Walking um, on a group, walking with a group of people. Uh-huh. 
Disagree with me. I don't think. I think we are naive if we think that uh, that nine to fives are this perfectly laid out trail. They they definitely aren't. Like there are times where they can get washed out, or or there could be a bear on the trail, or whatever. But it it is a a more walked path is what I'm what I'm trying to say. You you more or less know what you're getting into when you get a nine to five. See, I. I, again, like, let's. And I have a terrible. I don't have a terrible outlook on this because I have not been in a true exactly. nine to five job arguably ever. You got office politics. Yes. Right. You have you have management that thinks different ways. You have upper management that relays things to mid level management. Then the mid level management relaying things to the employees. Like I think that they both have their struggles. I think that they're both. Mm-hmm unknown paths i just think that they are two different landscapes because i don't i think for us as entrepreneurs to sit and say like oh it's nine to fives would be so much easier and so much better because you get the money that lands in your account every two weeks but you have to work with a team of people that you may not see eye to eye with and like how many people Mm -hmm. that work nine to fives go into it and say i hate my job i hate it but I'm doing it anyway. Like just because we don't have the flexibility of what the nine to fives have, I don't think we're in a position to say like, that is so awesome. They have it so great. No, 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 no. I, I, I very much, I've seen my dad's career path and, and it's, it's been miserable and that, that may or may not have influenced my choice. To, and what to I be wanted. an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Um, but at the, at the same time, I'm, I'm talking about the mindset of someone who, Picks a nine to five over entrepreneurship. I'm not actually talking what the the. You still have hills and valleys on a trail. You still yes. have difficult ways to get up and down. That's what, that's, mm-hmm. well, that's what I just said. Yeah. I, it's it's the it's still a difficult path. It's just different landscapes. It Instead is. Instead of mountains, it's uh, swamps. But 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 the what what I'm talking about the difference is Train is that um, in entrepreneurship, like you literally have no idea. Like my first year, I didn't know what I was going to make in a year. But when I worked at my old job, they gave me my yearly salary. They told me what my benefits would be. They told me that if I had this amount of time, I was going to get a 3% increase in pay every year for the lifetime that I stayed at the company. But you have other unknowns. It's true. You do have other unknowns. But I know the financial path that my career would have taken okay, if I would have so stayed in the now business. We're, now we're honing it in, right? I was going to say, I think, I think this is... You know the financial path. Yes. But... That financial path could be uprooted. Let's let's say a customer wronged you the wrong way, mm-hmm. and you just blew up at them, and you got canned. All of a sudden, your path in that is totally disrupted. Did I tell you about my – I had a buddy who he did that to someone who knew the regional manager. Yeah. And, and then got him – so like – yeah, there, there. It's, it's not, it's not working in nine to five is not a sure thing. No, but there are more known factors than working your own business. All right, so I wanna, I wanna change. I wanna ask if we can change the direction just a little bit. Yeah, because I think this would be, this would be kind of a fun. Um, as we're talking about, um, oh, we should bring on people that work. We should bring people in that work nine to fives and talk to them. Yeah. Rob Voorhees, 
Well, they other uh, people. I'd like to talk to Rob. Like is, Rob, Rob likes being. He seemed to like he settled in on a nine to five. Now it's his isn't technically because he's a professor. It's not really well, but that's what I want. I don't want people that hate their nine to five and want to be entrepreneurs. I want people that like the nine to five mm-hmm. to come in and fight us on this idea because I'm I am more I am more probably proponent of I think both paths are great because both need the others. The yes. entrepreneurs need the nine to fivers because they need somebody to work their job. Otherwise, we'll be doing labor for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. which is probably the reason we got out of nine to fiveism. Nine to five people want the entrepreneurs because they they want somebody to innovate their space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it is this this ecosystem of such. And I would love to have people on here that say like you know like from a different perspective of like. Yeah, you 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 have your path kind of laid out, but what are the unknowns of the nine to five that we have no idea about? I know just a little bit of. I worked in corporate America for uh, maybe half a decade, maybe seven years total, where I had to work with teams of people, and so I have like a really slim understanding. My wife, mm-hmm. she was a career uh, woman for let's see, uh, Connor is eight, my son. Said his name and his oh, birth no. and his age. Oh, that prince is coming after him. <laughs> um, so my wife worked for eight years, almost ten years, um, in a career position, and she, she, I shouldn't say we fight because that's makes people have the wrong idea. We have discussions about entrepreneurialism versus nine to five, and I butt heads with her a lot on the way things are versus the way she thinks things should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting. So I think I think you're right. I think this could be a great episode for the nine to fivers to come in and be like, okay, bro, fight me. Fight me on this. I think I, it would be great. Yeah, I, I would love – because like I, I've, I've talked to my dad about this a couple times because he, he actually tried once to – or a few times to be an entrepreneur, but like he, he was a f- – Afraid to take the next step, the risk. Yeah, well, like, 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 it just it didn't go his way. And then after a certain amount of time, he's like, "I don't want to lose my house or yeah. bankruptcy." Which is and so he went back to what he necessity. knows. You were you were talking about yeah. that necessity. So what I wanted to bring up in here is instead of comparing the two, you mm-hmm. were by saying what are the traits, right? So I'm going to quote. There's a, there's a study that uh, was uh, that was released in 2019. Um, and then Visual Capitalist, really fantastic website. If you guys ever check it out, visualcapitalist.com, um, took that data and extracted pieces of it. And it was the Association of Entrepreneurship with Mental Health. Ooh. Now, it's I don't know if this is causation. Oh, yeah. If this is you know causation that entrepreneurship causes these things or if people who have these things tend to Be move toward entrepreneurship, right? I, uh-huh. I definitely lean towards the, the latter. The latter. I think on some of it, it leans toward the latter, and I think some of it is causation. Because, like, for example, it just says – they weren't included in the research, but um, OCD, uh, dyslexia, and Asperger's, um, which we don't call it that anymore, um, apparently, uh, which are not included as research or other noteworthy conditions that are sometimes connected with entrepreneurship. Okay? What? Dyslexia? Never. Yeah. Okay. Dyslexia? OCD. What was the next one? Asperger's. Asperger's. Butt burgers. Sorry. <laughs> Don't you look at me after saying that. Thomas. Not that it's bad. People, people who have caught Asperger's, Thomas, is fine. Okay. Thomas is the, if they got, if they the got bit, of- 
If they got bit by a tick and got that, if they got the vaccine and got autism. <laughs> you got the burgers. You got it. You got oh the burgers. No, okay. no, no. But yeah, so. How to get canceled in 20 episodes or less. But talking about burgers. I just got to bring this up. Talking about dyslexia, the helmet that I made the other <laughs> yes. night. That was the per- – we got to show it on here. Oh, That's oh, the no. perfect the, example. The other day – I'm just going to tell oh you. The other day, uh-huh. Brian Thackeray walks over to me and he goes – he goes, he goes, does this look right? And I, No, no. I said, do you want to see what dyslexia oh, looks like? Oh, you want to like? see what dyslexia looks like? That's right. That's right. And he wrote 17 on one side of the helmet and then wrote... I did the exact mirror Mirror image. image. It wasn't even like 71. It was a mirror image of 17 on the other yeah, side. Yeah, and, and I, 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 had, I did it. And while I was writing it and, and creating it, I was like, this doesn't seem right, but I can read it just fine. So it must be all right. And then I finished it, and then I looked at the two sides. Because it's crazy. I even flipped over the helmet on both sides. I'm like, yeah, they look the same. And then I was like, oh, no, one side's mirror image. And I, I could not see it while making it. Well, and the, I think the funny thing for me is when you showed it to me, you're like, how does this look without saying, like, beside? And then you did say, I should credit you, you did say, well, besides the numbers being wrong. But that was what you just showed. You're just like, well, how does this look? And I was like. What the? Yeah, I, 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 I could not see it in the creation of it. But yeah, I, I have bad dyslexia. But so yeah, what's, here what's are, some more here are three, yeah, what are four more? more, four more statistics. Let's find, let's find study. one that you have. Oh, it's right here. It's at the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> they took a general sample group. Mm-hmm. Out of that general sample group, five percent had ADHD. Mm. As, as entrepreneurs, twenty nine percent. Out of the group, 29% of them were entrepreneurs with ADHD. Six times the concentration of people with ADHD are Correct. entrepreneurs. Correct. Ah, Ayo. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not, but. Depression. This one's got, I'm, I'm interested to see this one. 15% of a general sample group, 30% entrepreneur. Interesting. More entrepreneurs are depressed. And I honestly think that might be are part. You're su- you really surprised by that? A little bit. I'm super. Huh. I'm not surprised. At all. Oh, yeah, I'm not and either. I think that one is not. I'm I think happier. AD. I think ADHD is an ADHD goes tends to entrepreneurship because it's non traditional. I think depression's the other way around. Mm. I think that the highs and lows that exist, yeah, yeah, yeah are in rough. entrepreneurship are rough, which leads us to the third one. In a general sample group, only one percent were bipolar. Eleven percent on entrepreneurs. Ten times. Ten Times, whoa! Eleven times, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I rounded ten plus one, so ten times is eleven. So yeah, again, that bipolar ones. I would, it would be really interesting to see, like, if you were to take our Whopper Wednesday people. There's one person in my mind who I think could be bipolar. Oh, absolutely. And it would fit with the numbers because there's about 11 of us that go. Um, when I shared these uh, these numbers with my father, my dad, he was uh, um, who's uh, someone who grew up and did his whole career in a nine to five. He said, that sounds like sales guys because sales guys love that big push, big hit, come down, yeah. big push, Oof. big hit. And that's just, it's this cycle of... I take medication to ride out the highs and lows. Mm. And finally, 
in a general sample group, 4% had some form of addiction. 12% in the entrepreneur group. So three times. So you're three times. Welcome to entrepreneurship where you're 11 times more likely to be bipolar, three times more likely to be addicted to something, two times more likely to be depressed, and six times more likely to have eight. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Lost a train of thought. All right. But I want to ask, if you were to, if you were to give three characteristics of an entrepreneur, just oh. three words that oh. describe an entrepreneur. I already did that at the beginning. Well, no, with the creator, the... Yeah, the, yeah the, I said the maker, uh, the salesman, and the... You're talking, no, I'm talking about, like, traits. Like, if you were to say, um, if you were to look at someone who is, in order to get into entrepreneurship, oh, okay. what are three traits? And I'm not saying they're a salesman, because you can be trained uh -huh. to be a salesman. I'm saying there are three traits. And we should wrap it up after. Yep, that's, that's kind of... So I'll, wrap up. I'll start. You go ahead, Okay. Resiliency mm. is one. I was going to say determination. Um, uh, wow. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Resiliency. Um, grit. Yeah. Was one that I just, I feel like. And um, I don't know how to put the last, the reason I'm getting stuck on this one is because I don't know how to put it into words. It's like a... Um, the, the ability to just, we'll call it locura, like a little bit of crazy. Oh, crazy. A I think there crazy. needs to be a little bit of crazy that you just have to be okay with. I mean, I look at Elon Musk, that man. He's a little He's a little nuts. But also, he fits that other one where, you know, uh -huh. he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a little bit on the spectrum himself. I mean, yeah. that's, but you, you have to have a little bit of, a little bit of crazy. You've got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that risk. So those three, I would say. Okay. Determination. Mm -hmm. uh, arrogance. Oh, mm. um, You're not wrong. Can you say confidence or really arrogance? No, I because I, I was gonna say cocky originally, um, but I think maybe a nicer level of arrogance, a nice arrogant. Um, but maybe confidence. Confidence is maybe better. <laughs> Kindly arrogant. Yeah, just, you know, mm. slightly, but not over the top. Um, <laughs> what is that? What's the perfect date? May? Uh, April. I think it was April 20th. Oh, was it? Yesterday. Yeah. On date! <laughs> <laughs> um, determination. <laughs> oh, no, I just said you right into that. <laughs> anyway. Determination. Confidence. We'll go with confidence. And then I'd say glutton for punishment. Ooh. You're not wrong. What's that? What's the people who, not, not just glutton for punishment? Is Mas it masochist? Masochist. Kind of that like, which one of us is into BDSM? Not me. Um, um, oh, Poco. Didn't, did, I, thought, I thought those disappeared in the early 90s. Weren't they like, like CDs, but they were... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Is my Gen X showing? Uh, <laughs> my three. Uh, I think the first one is like foresight. So you have to be able to see the world. And the other one has to do with this as well. See what the world could be. And the other one is you have, you have to see a path that doesn't exist. Mm. So I don't know what word that what is. What word those are. But you, you need to be able to not just see the way, the way the world is, but the way that you want the world to be. Optimism. Optimism. 
And yeah, optimistic would be another one. You have to you have to have something that'll get you through the hard times. Yeah. So maybe goal oriented goal oriented. I don't know if that's a good one. I don't know if that's a good one either. Because like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like. I don't know if we're. I think I think we all feel what you're trying to say, but there probably isn't the word in English. There's probably that word in Japanese because or, or German is a or something language. like that where they have. It's probably rules. Chinese because China is the uh, second best country to be an entrepreneur in. Interesting. Guess what number one is? Who? USA. <laughs> Interesting. That's not what the internet I gonna, says. I, I was going to say Colombia. Well, that's not what the internet I'm, says. I'm, I'm joking. It, it used to be. Oh, I was going to say I looked El it up Salvador, but all those entrepreneurs went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for watching. Uh, the podcast is available uh, on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, audio version. Audio version is available anywhere audio podcasts are available. Check us out Wednesdays. Like, comment, surprise, surprise. Surprise! Like, comment, and subscribe um, if you want to hear more. And thank you so much for watching. Peace out, y'all. Thanks. Surpresa! Dude, that was a fun episode. That was good. You're five minutes until your haircut. Hot day, I got an order on Etsy. $25 is paying off. Nope. Some zero.